Well, my name is Shannon. I thank you for joining us today. And I'm going to share with you um, about prayer. You know, tomorrow is our National Day of Prayer. And um, so I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about how grateful I am to be in a nation that sets aside time for us to remember and pray for our nation. And so um, so my message today is prayer starts with our Father. <laughs> so um, with when Jesus taught us to pray, it's often called the Lord's Prayer, but it's really our prayer, the disciples' prayer. Um, growing up in the Catholic Church, it was called the Our Father. So it's a lot of times that's how I, I refer to it as the Our Father. So I'm going to start in Matthew 6. And Jesus was teaching his disciples. This is part of the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray, what to do and what not to do. So he started with what not to do. He said, when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. This is um, Matthew 6, verse 5. When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners so they can be seen of others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And the Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask them. So, there's a couple different things that Jesus warns his disciples about, about prayer. Um, but he starts with focusing the attention on the Father. When you pray, you're going to your Father. You know, he, so he said, don't be like hypocrites who pray to get other people's attention. They pray in the street and they, and they do it to be seen of men. They are trying to get other people's attention. But when we're going to pray, he said, you're getting your Father's attention. You're going to him. And he said, make yourself unseen just as your father is unseen. So you get, you bring yourself in secretly. And that doesn't mean that we don't pray corporately or we wouldn't pray in front of somebody, but you're not doing it to get an, get attention or draw attention to yourself. You're doing it to, you're still doing it to connect with our father. That's the purpose of it is to have a conversation with him. Um, and he also said, don't use empty words and phrases. And my pastor used to call this radio prayers, you know, where you get the deep, dear Heavenly Father, and, you know, you do all this grandiose speaking, and you think because you're saying all these big things that God's going to hear you because of that. And it says that um, you're praying. A lot of times people will pray something that they think sounds spiritual. They heard somebody else pray it, but they don't even have a revelation about what they're praying about, you know, what they're saying, the words that they're saying. They're just coming out of the sky, you know, trying to say something to, you know, do something instead of understanding that your father already has an ear to you and he's ready to hear you. You don't have to do like with the banging symbol and everything like that. You don't have to make a senseless noise in order to get God's attention because he's already attentive to our voice. He said, instead, keep in mind that your father knows what you need before you ask. If you know, if he knows what you need, then you can be assured that he has already made provision for what you need. He said, consider the lilies of the field. And um, if you go down to uh, Matthew 631, he said, don't worry about these things. What are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? 
these these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows what you need. So when he said, don't worry, that wasn't just an empty command. He told us why we don't need to worry. He said, don't worry, because you have a father that takes care of you. You have um, I've, I've heard that whole story about the birds in the trees saying, why are these people are always running around? Don't they have a father that takes care of them like he takes care of us? And that's that's the truth. If he knows how to take care of little birds and he knows how to take care of the flowers, he certainly knows how to take care of us, his children who are made in his image. So he's going to take care of us. And sometimes this can be hard to do, um, especially if you don't have an earthly father that has provided for us or for ne- or neglected us. If we don't have an assurance that a father is really there to take care of us. You know, I know in my personal life, I didn't have a father that I had a father that I knew loved me, but he was, you know, he was an alcoholic. He was he was like a absentee. He was um he, when I would ask him for something, he would just say, we'll see. And that meant no. And so you get to a point where you don't expect much. You don't expect much. And so if you have that mentality, well, that's what a dad is. That's what a father is. When you bring that into your prayer closet to talk to your father, you don't have an expectation that he's going to give you the things that you desire. But our father assures us, Jesus assured us that the father has his that's his heart desire is to give us the things that we need so we don't have to worry. We don't have to be afraid that we're going to be disappointed. Those who hope in the Lord are not disappointed, and he makes sure of it. Um, the Jesus points out that the Father is continually taking care of his creation without their effort. So it's not the... It's like the flowers are beautiful without them having to make a garment. The the birds are taken care of without them having to sow seeds and make bread and all that kind of stuff. They just gather what's provided for them. And so the lilies are beautifully clothed without having to work. And it reminds me of the Garden of Eden um, where when they when Adam and Eve fell and they um, they realized that they were naked, they started making for themselves clothes. And um, the lilies of the field, they don't have to make for themselves clothes. But the um, but the fallen man, they he made for himself clothes he, with the fig leaves. And then God came in and clothed them with animal skins. He always has better provision than we have for ourselves. So we need to just trust him. Even in that fallen state, he had better provision for his creation than what they had for themselves. And so... Let me continue. So when he said, going back to the Lord's Prayer, he started out, he said, when you pray, pray like this, our Father in heaven. Jesus taught his disciples and we're his disciples to look to our Father because our Father loves us. Before Jesus went to the cross, he was having dinner, his last supper, and he was preparing the disciples for what was about to happen. And I'm just going to kind of bring this in a little bit to give you context of God being our loving father. In John 16, verse 16, he says, a little while, so Jesus is preparing his disciples. He said, a little while, you will see me no longer. And in a little while, then you will see me. So he's saying, I'm going to leave, but I'm coming back. Don't worry. And jumping down to verse 20, he said, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament. But the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will 
turn to joy. When a woman is giving birth, and she has sorrow because her hour has come, but when she had been delivered and the baby is there, she no longer remembers the anguish because of the joy that has been brought into the world. So you have sorrow now, but you, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will be able to take your joy from you. So what Jesus is doing here, he's saying something before the cross and he's saying, you're going to experience pain. You're going to experience this sorrow, but it's temporary. When I come back, when I return, when I'm raised from the dead, you will have a joy that cannot be taken from you. And he's, so he's introducing at this point, um, a new way to pray in our, in the new covenant to have an expectation of joy. And he said, in that day, so in this new day, in this new covenant day, you will ask nothing from me directly. He said, you will ask nothing from me. This is verse 23. And truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So he he is concerned about our joy being full and giving us what we need. In verse 26, it says, in that day, you will ask in my name and do not. And I do not say that I will ask the father on your behalf. So he's saying, you're going to ask the father yourself. You're not going to have to go through me, say, Jesus, can you ask the father to do this for me? No, he's saying you're going to be able to, to do it yourself. And why is that? Verse 27, for the father himself loves you. And just let that sink, sink in because I just think that's so good. You will ask in my name because the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I am from God. I came from the Father and have come into the world and now I'm, in, I'm leaving and I'm going to the Father. In verse 32, behold, the hour is coming and indeed it has come when you will be scattered each to his own home and will leave me alone. Yet I am not, not alone for my Father is with me. I have said these things that you will have peace in the world. You will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So Jesus had this assurance that even when everything else was falling apart around him, his father would never leave him. And his father never did. He was there with him. He was in God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. And so all through the cross, the father never forsook him. He was asking, asking the Father in Jesus' name doesn't mean we're just saying, in Jesus' name, amen. It's not just a punctuation at the end of our prayer. When we're praying in Jesus' name, we're praying as Jesus would pray. We're praying as as a son of God ourselves. It means that you recognize that you're as much a son of God as Jesus is. And I'm just going to go over some some key scriptures that we're not going to put them on because there's just too many but um it says in galatians 3 um verse 25 in christ we are we are all sons of god and then it says um in first john 3 it says consider the extravagant love of the father that he has loved on us for he calls us children of god we are his beloved children Jesus knew that he always had the Father's attention. And um, when he was raising Lazarus from the dead, he said, Father, I thank you that you hear me and you always hear me. So just look at the pattern of how Jesus always had the Father's attention, and he said that we're like him. We're one with him. 
And he said, as he is, so are we in this world. That's why we can come boldly to his throne of grace and receive the help that we need anytime we need it. We are his sons. We have his spirit. And his spirit of his son is is working in us and praying through us. We're going to go right now to Galatians 4, uh, verse 4. It says, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And it's a son, an heir through God. And I'll read it from the message translation because I really like this. It says, when the time arrived that was set by God the Father, God sent his son born among us of a woman under the conditions of the law that that he might redeem those of us who had been kidnapped by the law. We were kidnapped by the law. Thus, we have been set free to experience our rightful heritage. You can tell for sure that you are fully adopted as his own children because God sent the son of the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying out, Papa, Father. Doesn't that privilege of intimate conversation with God make it plain that you are not a slave but a child? And if you are a child, then you are an heir with complete access to the inheritance. I just absolutely love that. So we can cry out to him, Papa. We can cry out to him, Abba, Father. Though that Father is not um, a formal title. This is an intimate. It, it, it's actually that word Abba is something that the Hebrew children call their, call their daddy. You know, it's like daddy, daddy, daddy. Abba, Abba, Abba. That's, that's the voice that we cry out to God with. We're calling him daddy. We're calling him Abba, Papa. Help me. Give to me. Can I have, please? <laughs> I love you. You know, we have that same spirit of adoption and we can rejoice in that spirit by calling him Abba. Father gave us the spirit of his son. Jesus is his son and you are his son. And I know we're Men and women in here, but we are his son. We have full inheritance, just like men are the bride of Christ and we get to be sons of God. (laughs) So I like that. We are one with him. When Jesus prayed for us, he prayed that we would know our union with him and that we would know it's the same union as he had with the father. If we have the same spirit, then we can have the same confident assurance that Jesus had. So we're going to go to first John five, verse 14. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we ask of him. And I'm going to read it in the voice translation because I I really like it. I don't have it for the screen, but um, this is the voice translation. It's a little bit um, more conversational in the way that it's written, but Um, John is saying, I'm writing all of this to you who have entrusted your life to the Son of God so you will realize eternal life is really already yours. We live in bold confidence that God hears our voices when we ask for things that fit his plan. And if if we have no doubt that he hears our voices, we can be assured that he moves in response to our call. 
He moves in response to our call. When we call his name, when we call him Abba, he moves quickly to answer us. Now, we're going to go back to the Lord's Prayer, but I'm going to um, bring it um, out of Luke 11 because I like the context of this. Um, so in starting um, in Luke 11 and verse number one, it says, now Jesus was praying in a certain place. And I'm going to read this all the way through and then we'll go back and look at the pieces because I want you to hear it in the context that he said it. He said, now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, do not bother me, the door is shut, my children are with me in bed, I cannot get up and give you anything. And I tell you that he will not get up and give him anything because he is a friend, but because of his impudence. And he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. And the one and to the one who knocks it will be open. And the what father among you, if his son asks for a fish, instead will give him a fish Instead of a fish, we'll give him a serpent. And if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Okay, so let's go for the breakdown. All right, first of all, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So that's Papa. So Papa, hallowed be your name. That's holy, sanctified, set apart, celebrated, and special. Is you're telling him, you're the only one that I'm calling father. You're the only one that I'm clinging to. You are my source. You are my strength. Your kingdom come. So when we say your kingdom come, we're agreeing with heaven for the father's rulership and care to be dominant in our world. And so his his kingdom has the final word. And if we know that his kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, that's what the kingdom of God is. It's on the inside of us. We let that have the final word. That's what we're praying for. He said, give us today our daily bread. Now, that word daily bread really is a, it's kind of the next day's bread. So it really means give us tomorrow's bread today. So I like that because I like prophetic stuff. (laughs) So it's kind of like, give me tomorrow's stuff now. You can ask for full provision. And um, so this is not that just give me just the crumbs that fall from the master's table. This is give me provision. Give me the full supply that I need. Give me tomorrow's bread today. And if you also think about how God's word is, um, God's word is our bread. Jesus is our bread of life. We can ask for the words that we need for tomorrow today so that we'll be well prepared now i'm going to look at um forgive us our sins as we ourselves forgive those who are indebted to us 
And in Matthew's account, it says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And so when you look at that, that really is Jubilee, right? So the year of Jubilee is, um, is, was time, it, it's in, it's all written out in Leviticus 25, but it was a time that every 50 years, all the debts were canceled in Israel. So they, if you had sold your, your land to pay a debt, all that land is returned back to you. But in return, anything that you bought from somebody, that you give that back to them. So you forgive their debt and your debts are also forgiven. That's the picture of Jubilee because Jesus, when he was anointed, I think in Luke 4, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news and da da da, and he said, and to, and to declare the acceptable year of the Lord. That's the year of Jubilee, and that's the year that we've entered into in the new covenant. So I, that, I like that a lot. Okay, and lead us not into temptation. So we know that, that the Lord doesn't lead us into temptation anyway. So he's not trying to say that he would if we didn't pray that way, you know, because there's no. There's no darkness in God. He is light, he is love, and he is life. That's all he is. And there is no darkness in him at all. He can't be both the source of light and darkness. Every temptation is, a, is an attempt of darkness to intercept the light that we have. So, But he does give us power to overcome every temptation. So that is... That's just powerful. So that's that's what we have there. Now he moves on to this parable. This parable is really cool to me because I've always heard it the way where it talks about the man outside the door knocking, where that's the way we're supposed to be in prayer. This is our persistence. We knock and keep on knocking till the door answers. And and even if you got to bombard heaven, just keep knocking and you'll finally get an answer. Okay, so we look at these, the characters. You got a friend, you got a man, and you have these children. And so if you look at the story, are you, who are you in the story? Are you the one on the outside of the door knocking? If the father is on the inside, are you on the outside trying to get in, trying to get his attention? It says that if the father he won't answer the door because this guy's a friend. He'll answer it because the guy's being annoying, he, because of his impudence. The, the um, King James says importunity <laughs> because he's being down, down, down. It's like, fine, here, take it and leave. You know, it's like it's like the whole idea of the widow and the unjust judge where she's demanding you know, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. And finally, just to get rid of her, he'll take care of it. Um, God is not an unjust judge and we are not a widow. So that's, that is not our approach to it. We are not a, a friend on the outside trying to get in and, and being annoying. And if you look at, that's the same thing that he said in Matthew 6 where he said the Gentiles, the Gentiles, they have their empty words and they think they're going to be hear, heard because of their much speaking. That's not what's going to get God's attention. In this story, um, let me see where I am. We're not rude to God. <laughs> you know, we're not being rude to God. If we're his children, we're in bed with him. You know, we are in the house with him. He said, my children are in bed with me. So if you're sitting there right close to his heart, then all you have to do is say, can I get some water? All you have to do is tap his shoulder. You're right there close to him. You are not banging on something trying to get his attention. You are so close to his heart. And he is so quick to respond 
when we ask him for what we want, what we need. It's not just um, the things that we need to survive. It's just the desires of our heart. He said, fear not, little flock. It's the father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. That kind of answers the story. He is not withholding any goodness from us. And when we delight in him, he gives us the desire of our heart. And, and we delight him all the time. Uh, we are his treasure. We are, we are the apple of his eye. And so, um, now what's the conclusion? So I tell you, ask and it will be given. So it's not ask and keep on asking. If you ask, it'll be given. That's just, it's a guarantee. If you ask, it'll be given. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it'll be open to you. For whoever asks receives, whoever seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be open. The, what, and then it goes on to the next one. It says, what father among you, if he asks for a fish, I'm going to skip that part right now. Ask and it will be given to you. The message translation says, here's what I'm saying. Ask and you'll get it. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. And then it goes on to say, don't bargain with God. Be direct. Ask for what you need. This is not a cat and mouse hide and seek game we're in. If your little boy asks for a serving of fish, don't scare him. You don't scare him with a live snake on the plate. If your little girl asks for an egg, you don't trick her with a spider. As bad as you are, you wouldn't think of doing such a thing. You're at least decent enough to give your children. You're at least decent enough to your own children. And don't you think that your father who conceived you in love will give you the Holy Spirit when you ask of him? And I know that Matthew says we'll give good things to those who ask. So the Holy Spirit is a good thing. And if he will give you the Holy Spirit, he won't withhold anything else from you. So when we know this, that we have a father who loves us, we can approach him with childlike faith. Right. Because it says that when you're like a child, you can receive from the kingdom. This is the faith that heaven runs to answer. In Hebrews 11:6, it's talking about Enoch um, and how he was um, he his by faith. He was translated and it says um, by an act of faith, Enoch escaped death completely. They looked all over and couldn't find him because God had taken him. And we know on the basis of reliable testimony, this is it, that he was taken because he pleased God. It's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists. So I'm saying because he exists and he says who he is, who he says he is. So you have to believe that he is who he says he is. And that he cares enough to respond when we call. That's just, that's so powerful to me because that is simple childlike faith, but it's a faith that is pleasing to God. It's a faith that he responds to. And so we're going to go, um, going to finish off on Romans 8. It says, so what do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son, is there anything he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? The answer is no. 
There's nothing he wouldn't freely and gladly do for us. So let's go forward in this confidence that our Father cares for us, that he hears us when we call him, and that if we know that he hears us, we will surely have the things that we ask of him. Amen? Amen. Oh, Father God, we just bless you. We praise you. We thank you for your goodness to us tonight, Father. We thank you um, for the seed of your word that's going to bear um, bear roots and bear fruit in our life, that we will be able to recognize your goodness all around us, that we will be able to see answers to prayer more quickly because we know we have your ear, that we are not trying, we are not striving, but we know we have your ear. And if we have your ear, you will give us everything that we ask. And we thank you for your faithfulness today. And, Father, we pray for our nation. We thank you, Lord God, that this is one nation under God. And we ask that you would give your leadership, the leadership that are in position here, Father, give them your wisdom, that they would not be foolishness and and full of folly and uh, chaos. Lord God, we call an end to chaos. We thank you for your peace for our government, for our government officials. We thank you for protecting our nation. Uh, we declare Psalm 91 that we are dwelling under the shadow of the Almighty on this on this land. We just thank you, Lord God, that our leadership is protected, Father God, that there's no early death coming to them in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father God, for our military, for our protective services, Father God. We just thank you that we are a nation that, that honors and responds to you, Lord God. And we thank Thank you, Lord God, that you have graced us, Father God. I thank you that the gospel will always be preached here. We thank you that people will be saved and will be and will be able to know you in a greater way because of the testimony of your church here in the earth. And we just bless you and we praise you for that, Lord God. We thank you for your wisdom and your good your vision for a good future, Lord God. We just uh, break the power of doomsday ideas, Father God, and um and a um darkness in our future lord god we just thank you lord god that our future is bright because we are walking with you the days of the righteous grow brighter and brighter unto the perfect light of day we thank you for that lord god that we have nothing to fear father that your spirit rests upon us lord god we thank you lord god that we will rise and shine for our light has come and the glory of the lord is risen upon us we behold darkness covers the earth and deep darkness the people but the lord arises over us and his glory will be seen upon us. We thank you for drawing Gentiles and unbelievers to the light of your gospel, Lord God. We just thank you for deliverance for your people. We just thank you that the knowledge of your glory, we thank you that the earth is filled with your glory, but the knowledge of your glory will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea, Lord God. We thank you that there is no place where water isn't covering sea. Father God, we just thank you for that. And the knowledge of your glory will cover our earth as the waters cover the sea. And we thank you for your promises to us that we inherit the earth, Father God. We just thank you for blessing us and giving us your help and your wisdom, Lord God. And we will give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you and come back Sunday. (laughs) Amen.